Welcome to Podly Women, a podcast full of faith, cake and laughter. In this episode, Sheila and Katie talk about friendship in the Trump era. Welcome to episode two of Podly Women. This is me, Katie. And me, Sheila. And yeah, today we're going to talk about friendship in the Trump era. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it is, uh, I don't think we could do a podcast without talking about Trump. And I'm sorry if you're just sick of him. Really, mm. I, this isn't all about him. This is just actually about the effect that the Trump administration has had on our friendships. Yeah. Or he's he's kind of almost just the face of it, isn't he? Because it's not just his responsibility it's this era of dialogue isn't it yeah but the trump uh, immigration executive order was a real um oh gosh how do you even describe it it was quite a, a shock wasn't it and, and it and it wasn't in any kind of I, I found it really hard because of the nature of them calling it a muslim ban and they didn't you know the whole going back and forth you said ban you know that's snl i'm upset yeah <laughs> um but actually, it felt like a Muslim ban. And I live in uh, East London. We are in a predominantly Muslim area. Um, I've... Now I think about it, we could not live in two more different places. But go, go on. Yeah, go on. True, actually, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I have incredibly close friends through work uh, who are Muslim. And I remember um, just feeling a bit helpless uh, about it. Like knowing, especially as one of my friends is traveling to America soon on holiday. And I was worried for her. At this idea, because of the the chaos that came out of it, wasn't it? Obviously, things have calmed down a little bit since then. But I contacted her because I just was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to support my Muslim friends or like even your, you know, the Muslim people in my community. How do I affirm them? And actually, that that was really important to me to be able to say, look, I want to help. I want to say, you're welcome here. This is your home as much as mine or, you know. So when you when you spoke to your friend, what was what did you say and what was her response? Um, well, we'd been we we're in a, like a WhatsApp group, you know, and you're always commenting and stuff, and, and everyone be like, oh my goodness, throughout the whole thing. And then I just I just sent her a message just saying, what can we do about it? And I'd it had been on my heart to maybe think about um, something which could bring different parties together. So I just said, what about doing like a women's event so we could meet each other and talk. And she's like, yes, let's do it. So that's actually what we're working on at the moment is trying to get that to happen. Um, because I think conversation is the most powerful tool we've got, really. Well, when you think about how Jesus interacted with people, he didn't just... Um, he's Jesus is a complicated figure because there are some bits of scripture where he said, you know, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring division. Mm. But I don't think that Jesus comes to bring this sort of division. But... Jesus met with people and talked to them and there was dialogue in terms of what he was how he was sharing and it wasn't necessarily a dialogue I think of trying to come to a shared conclusion necessarily but I do think that Jesus met people where they were at mm -hmm. and you know, put out his hand to to extend love and friendship towards them mm -hmm. and um you know this this Trump ban, um, this Muslim ban, that, um, the Trump executive order definitely feels like, I think a lot of my American friends have been very concerned by it. And 
I never thought I'd be in the position where I actually messaged a, a friend of mine who's Jewish, who is living um, in the States. And I just said to her, I, I don't, I'm not in contact with her a lot. And I just said, I know this sounds like a bit of a strange thing to say, but I just want you to know that if you ever needed anything, you could always let me know. You were a friend, and I, because I'd never want someone to not be able to be safe because of something so so small as money. And I just signed it off, feeling a bit bashful, really. And she replied saying that she appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never thought I'd really have to articulate that. And that is that I find worrying more than the order actually, but because it's just trying to work out what does this represent. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's really hard to know how an individual can respond. And it it felt quite, um, because it it felt quite big, didn't it? And I think the difficulty is actually what I felt I had to do is get quite small and think smaller because I can't, I can't transform political um, thinking, but I can look at my own circle of friends and family and go, well, what can I do to, to impact that so for example when it came out I was you know you take to your social media you're like oh I must express myself um and I I asked because I have family in America who voted for Trump and I wanted to know what they thought about the immigration ban and it was funny because it started off a big kind of not discussion sadly no discussion but it started off a, with a big impact in terms of it felt like I was attacking them because I'd asked for their opinion and it's and I think it highlighted for me the the difference in American politics to over here is it's, it's incredibly divided. Like we think we're divided because of Brexit and stuff. We're not nowhere near as divisive. Um, and it it really came back to me again. Like we can't talk. So if people aren't willing to talk about what they think, and and also to to understand that you don't have to always agree with who you voted for. Do you know, like, you yeah. can actually say, I, I voted for him and I own that, but I don't agree with this bit. And I think there's that element of actually we, we can be more nuanced, can't yeah. we? No, and um, so of my American friends, so you have American family, Sheila, where I don't, but um, uh, most of my American friends um, didn't vote for Trump. Although, actually, some friends we have in common would be kind of traditionally Republican but did not vote for Trump because they couldn't reconcile that um but I have one friend one Facebook friend who did vote for Trump and is a Christian and I kind of I find that quite fascinating and I haven't really um really been able to get much out of her in a way but sometimes we disagree but we're not always entirely sure why we're disagreeing Mm. and that's what interests me as I guess a thinker is so sometimes you disagree with someone and you know it's going to happen because one of you is more left-leaning and one is more right. And so actually you're always going to disagree on things politically. And it's not because one of you hates Muslims and the other one doesn't. It's just you have different ideas, concepts of government and mm. um, how that interacts with society and all of those things, mm. um, which is one discussion. But sometimes the other discussion is a theological one, which probably interests me more, is you know, what is our understanding of church and state? Mm. What is our understanding of how God ordains our uh, leaders to lead us and, and all of those things? And one thing I've really noticed with this and with Brexit, actually, is the um, within the church is the theological illiteracy that people aren't able to, they don't have the vocab to be able to identify this is actually where we're disagreeing. Yes, yeah. And I, I wonder how we get that. Do you know, like, where do we go? Like, I, 
I because I have access to a curate <laughs> through Ellis, I'm often ranting about like what I think the church can do. And I really wish the church helped us engage in um, in healthy debate about politics, actually. And I love that there are so many more churches now, like hosting hustings around election time and things like that, because actually it's really important that we know that we should be informed about these things and thinking from our faith perspective as well of like, well, what does that mean? How do I reconcile what I believe in God to with how I live out my life in society as well? And it was really interesting because I hadn't heard um, about the kind of sovereignty aspect of Brexit. That didn't even come into my psyche. But for some people, they felt like that was a biblical issue of like voting for it. And so you don't know those things if you don't hear people talk about them as well. And you don't have a chance to um, engage in a robust discussion if we don't talk about what we think. Yeah, and the good evangelical in me, Sheila, um, <laughs> is, says that really a lot of that can come from the pulpit. Yeah. And um, and that's not necessarily having your your preacher saying this is our idea of church state relations you know get on board or Mm. get out that's not what i'm saying but actually having someone who is theologically literate which if they're preaching they ought to be as a side that's what we pray for that's what we pray for that's why they should be licensed (laughs) in the church fingered anyway um but having someone even going here are some perspectives so i would say you know i'm generally left-leaning um but I have friends and, and family who would vote conservative and I would never say to them, well, you can't be a Christian and vote that way. Mm. In the same way you could have someone who you know, might vote green or Lib Dem perhaps and you, you couldn't necessarily say to them, you know, you can't vote that way and be a Christian. Um, and I think that's the difference maybe between British politics and, and American politics. And, and so yeah. having someone in a pulpit say, here are some biblical values and, and potentially saying, here are how the different parties are embodying it and this is how some Christians might respond to to that method, I think would actually be quite helpful. Yeah. I mean, there's two things that come to mind though for me. I think there's a real fear about talking about politics and faith and I actually think it's a fear that is really unhelpful. I mean, a lot of fears are, aren't they? But I think there is a real fear of not wanting to say what we think and it then be taken, especially for church leaders, to be taken as out of context or um, as like the word of God, because you have to be very careful. So being able to express that. Um, and, and I do think actually it's those questions. I remember someone asking, um, as, asking for people to say, as a Christian, how can you vote for this? And that not being an accusation but a chance to explain. And again, I think that comes back to we need to know why we're doing things. Um, And I I find that really interesting. Like, I really value it when people have very different views to me and can talk to me about why, but can also be challenged on it and vice versa. I should be challenged on mine. You know, I should own mine enough that it's absolutely okay for us to differ. Yeah, I found it really interesting where, um, so my postgrad dissertation was looking at Bonhoeffer, who was um, a Lutheran pastor during the Second World War, and he he was incredible, and he, he, was, he ended up being killed in a concentration camp um, because he was part of a plot to kill Hitler, but um, before that, he... He spoke out against Nazism when it, it was just emerging and when Hitler just came to power and talked about the idolatry of mm. the Fuhrer. And there's so much of reading this that actually... And I really don't like the comparison of 
Trump and Hitler because I yeah. think it's actually really unhelpful. Yeah. But I think the as a as a British Christian, the the one thing I would say to my brothers and sisters in in the states is, who is your savior? Mm-hmm. Who who is your savior? Who is who is the one that will bring salvation to your to your nation to our world? Well. We know who that is. It's it's Jesus and his life, death and resurrection. That is where our salvation comes. And no leader is going to bring that about because actually that's already occurred. Mm. It's just working itself out. Um, and when I read Bonhoeffer, that kind of, that warning against idolatry, I think is so important because we can put our faith in in earthly leaders thinking they'll sort that all out. And, and you know, we do that within the church and do it broadly. I th- just think it's such a helpful reminder. Well, I think there's an element as well of quite a blind elite allegiance to um to church and i say church in inverted commas because i think it's not church as we i think of it but like your your church leader in america perhaps has such a sway over thought that people don't necessarily then challenge it and think well do i agree with that what have i done to to figure that out and and, and i think maybe we need to take more ownership of our decisions and our own our journeys of faith that it isn't led by someone else it's your personal thinking and therefore you might disagree with the person who leads your church that's okay it's also because it's not a salvation matter no you know so um putting in its place and i quite like quite um like anabaptist thought which is has a very low view of the state um precisely because our salvation doesn't come from the state Mm. um and where it's almost like those things don't matter what it matters is are we being the church in the situation Mm. are we being you know the people of god because actually it's the local church that will redeem the world and you know the church global that will redeem the world not not some governmental organization yeah and that's a good reminder generally <laughs> like, yeah, it is, and our role in that we are not passive as well we yeah. really aren't and i think that's why the getting small and thinking about your own circle your own friendship and family and looking outside to go how can i love them who I I have to look for Jesus in them. Sometimes I have to look really, really, really hard, and I'm not very great at that. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna <laughs> own it. I'm gonna own it. But I feel really challenged in this day and age, in the Trump era of friendship, to look much harder for what we can see in others. You know, if you think how God looks at me and loves me, well, He does that with my brothers and sisters. No, amazing. And you know, Sheila, you are quite a wonderful clergy wife (laughs) and the reason I know that is because you host a book club in your house yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about that well I I host a book club because I I can't go anywhere (laughs) because I don't drive partly but um the childcare issue is always a problem but I host a book club of a book called uh the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown who I adore Uh... yeah I know she does need some sort of holy glow (laughs) I feel like Anyone listening um, to this will, you know, they'll be well-versed in Brené by the time they get through this series. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) But Brené is just a brilliant storyteller, social researcher, goddess. That's probably wrong to say. Woman of valour. Woman of valour. But she um, has articulated things that we all know already about vulnerability and shame and courage and connection and compassion and... And um, and in this book, uh, I've brought together some women from our church and we've been reading it. And it was really interesting because it's amazing how much shame impacts us, especially in this era of Trump friendship and politics in general. And actually, a conversation came up about it uh, to do with Brexit. And actually, um, 
something that had happened at church, a conversation happening where uh, two people, one of them being me, was very upset about the result of Brexit and um, and this person wanting to kind of defend the other side, but not necessarily owning that she had voted that way. And it it was because of shame. And it was really, really enlightening because what it showed was how we don't own necessarily our um our opinions we're very happy with them we're very content to vote that way but when it comes to being in a more public sphere we don't want to have those discussions and actually how helpful it would have been to me to hear more people talking about why they were voting brexit so that i could understand it and it was a brilliant conversation that came out of that um and and really recognizing that that is shame a shame trigger you don't have to be ashamed of how you vote if you've really thought it through and you own it and you you're reconciled to it and now you're at peace and that's the responsibility of all of us to um to not kind of demonize i guess the opposition which i do Um, i'm terrible for that where it's basically like oh if you voted leave then you must be racist or you know whatever and um or ignorant or you know and it's just actually it's not helpful no because there are people who um you know, voted in, in both sides for ridiculous reasons um, and also people who voted for very good reasons. And I, I personally voted to remain, but I think um, had had the Leave vote um, campaign been a lot more about sovereignty, like we were talking about um, earlier, is, you know, um, I actually think I, I, I was a swing voter and if it had been more about that, I think they definitely could have taken my vote. It just, um, it wasn't. And, and so that's why I yeah. voted remain. Um yeah, so I, I can't judge someone who went the other way because of that. However, I think I can... I You're within your rights to question them. Yeah, and I think that's what I want, is that's really my heart. It's like, I really want to be able to have more debate and it be healthy and it not be seen as an attack or it to be seen as... um you know, sore losers because we're still talking about it or anything. Like, you can't understand someone if they don't tell you what they think. You don't, you have to make an assumption then, don't you? If you don't know what motivated a choice. And and how you fill that gap is essentially what the media is telling you. Yeah. So, um, and we choose which media we're going to read to help us feel better. And I think that's, that's another thing in the Trump era of friendship is actually reading the things that other people are reading and understanding outside of your own leanings is actually really helpful. I mean, it's horrific in some ways. <laughs> and it's, it's made all the more difficult with, um, you know, Facebook having algorithms and even mm. Twitter now. Um, you know, you have a kind of recently missed or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, so yeah. There, in case you missed in it. In case you missed it bit. And, you know, that's that's an algorithm choosing what you oh. are going to see. Um, and, and it, you know, it causes an echo chamber. So actually, it, I hate the word, but intentionally going out and seeking um other other channels and and reading different newspapers to your own like i think we do have that issue in the uk but i just think it's so much more intensified in in the states yeah i think it definitely is and i'm not sure we can compare our situations quite the same way um but i think intentionality is a massive part for both both countries really have a responsibility to really be thinking more intentionally about what role we we are playing and personally Wow. 
Trump already in, I know. in episode two. It is. It's heavy. It's really um, heavy. And I feel like this is just going to date because... Um, he might even be gone by the time we get it out. We can hope and pray, but somehow I feel like he's here to stay. I think, it, and I think this is a challenge. I remember someone saying, do you know, these things, this is history. This is what happens, you know, and it's, it's your own challenge of making sure your integrity is still there, right? And there have been worse things that have happened and there'll be better things that will happen. And I guess that's a comfort for some people. It's not for me. I lose sleep. There we go. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. And um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I guess all that you can do, like, well, it's not all that you can do. You can do these things in, in, in small ways and in big ways. So, you know, we, we were into our MPs mm. and we potentially might go and protest when Trump comes, like, unless it's up in Manchester. But if it's in London... Or Birmingham, there's great shopping. Yeah, we could. I don't know how the boys Isn't Birmingham an Islamic it. state? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going. I'm going to enjoy it. But, you know, us committing to the small things that we can do in terms of our own friendships, in, in terms of... Um, you know, I just read a great thing about um, a, a Muslim woman saying that she just realised that people now, when she wears her hijab, smile at her so much more. And she's in the States, and she was saying, like, in D.C., um, people are, are wanting her to feel welcome. And she goes, ne- people, you never used to smile at me when I wear um, when I wore my hijab, um, and now they do. And I just think those small things of just being welcoming to people, telling um, Muslims that you work with that you... Um, respect their right to practice their religion and and so that you're creating a a culture of safety Mm. Um, because actually yeah that's all that we can be responsible for but the other thing that we can do that is more powerful than we realize is we can pray Um, you know we're told to pray for our leaders and so actually that is um, praying for Theresa May who herself prays and and praying that she would be guided by her lord and savior but also um, praying for Trump and praying um for that for humility would come and mm. um that the right people w- would be put around him and that god w- ultimately his will would be done amen amen Indeed. well thanks so much for listening to this podcast and um we've just yeah love chatting together and catch us next time at the podly women god um oh, the podly <laughs> women podcast which is basically faith cake and laughter indeed although not enough cake not enough cake next time more cake Cake. all right then thanks for joining us take care bye thank you for listening to podly women don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on another episode of faith cake and laughter